Sefer Shmot, Parshat Shmot. As we move from the book of Genesis to the book of Exodus, the people of Israel grow from Jacob's 70 close descendants to an entire substantial nation, one whose size now frightens the Egyptians they live alongside. The Israelites were fertile and prolific. It says in Exodus chapter 1, they multiplied and increased very greatly, so that the land was filled with them. This is entirely predictable, given God's promise to Abraham that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars. It does not fly, however, with the new Paro, who says, as he is about to enslave the Israelites, look, the Israelite people are much too numerous for us. Let us deal shrewdly with them. Unfortunately, Pharaoh's line of thinking might feel familiar, as the same rhetoric is used by people looking to oppress others today. The story goes on in the Torah. The Egyptians set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built garrison cities for Pharaoh, Pithom, and Ramses. The Egyptians ruthless, ruthlessly imposed upon the Israelites the various labors that they made them perform. Ruthlessly, they made life bitter for them with harsh labor, mortar and bricks, and with all sorts of tasks in the field. The medieval mystic Nachmanides, the Ramban, further interpreted, officers commanded the Israelites to build cities for Pharaoh, and the people built storage cities for Pharaoh through this levy. They decreed that all Egyptians forced the Israelites to serve them so that any Egyptian who needed work done had the authority to take from them men to do their work. Whereas at first the officers would give them the bricks and the men of the forced labor would erect the buildings, they now conscripted the entire Israelite people into the work, commanding them to bring the earth, make the mortar with their hands and feet, while only the straw was given to them for, from the king's house, and give the bricks to the men of the forced labor engaged in the construction of the buildings. Every other manner of hard service in the field of Pharaoh and the Egyptians, such as excavations and the removal of dung, were all imposed upon them. In addition, they subjugated them, pressing them not to rest while beating and cursing them. Slavery in its various forms has been an atrocity throughout history, and it is one that still exists today. The United Nations estimates that there are about 25 million people trapped in forced labor and 15 million people in forced marriages. This is an injustice that must be defeated. At the same time, this part of the Torah was given not only to set our moral compass against the scourge of slavery, but to also make us hate oppression and disenfranchisement in all forms everywhere. From the Uyghur genocide in China, to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, to the problems of poverty, illness, and violence, 
that persist in the United States and throughout the world. We should be moved by Pharaoh's enslavement of the Israelites to stand in opposition to all of it. The question is, how? How do we bring redemption to oppressed peoples? Today, we don't benefit from a God with an outstretched arm who actively frees slaves by force of plagues. And with all that is wrong with the world, it's hard to even know the best way for one person to be allocating their time, energy, and other resources. One step could be to work with others. One individual giving everything they have to make a difference, for example, by personally helping unhoused people access food and emergency medical care can be huge. But even that, it is not enough to necessarily create systemic change. Another strategy could be to fight even when, even small battles. There are periods in history when major such leaps of progress happen, such as the emancipation of 4 million enslaved people around the end of the US Civil War, the liberation of Soviet Jews with the fall of the Berlin Wall, and the legal end of apartheid in South Africa in 1991. But these events did not create total justice, and they did not come about out of nowhere. They were the result of years and years of many people organizing and taking whatever small steps they could. Someone today might want to pick an area of liberation that they are personally passionate about, because each of us has a unique set of interests and abilities, and perhaps these are God's way of keeping us focused and directed. See what good work is being done on that front and find ways to be involved with that organization's mission. If sufficient justice work is not being done on this issue anywhere, it might even be time for you to take the lead and organize others around that cause yourself. In the last verse of this Parsha, God tells Moshe, you shall soon see what I will do to Paro. You shall let them go because of a greater might. Indeed, because of a greater might, he shall drive them from his land. Now, having been given the Torah and having lived as largely free people for thousands of years, we are called to partner with God in the liberation of others. This is what it means to live in accordance with the Torah. The Jewish musician Ali Halpert, in her 2022 song, Ashrei, Pairs Psalm 84.5, Ashrei Yoshveve Techa, Odi Halalucha Sela, Happy are those who dwell in your house, they forever praise you, Sela. With her own verse, I sing for you. I sing for what is holy and is true. I sing for all creation, for life and liberation, every day anew. By studying the book of Exodus, We know that Torah Judaism mandates that we always be hopeful for a time to come when all are free. Shabbat Shalom.